We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. I start every show by saying we've got a lot to talk about because we always do. But oh, my goodness. Today, Keith, I, we have so much to get through. This is this we've been saying it's been kind of slow around the trade deadline so far. Not today, man, <laughs> the, the floodgates open and there is a ton out there for us to dive into. But before we get to that, I notice you're wearing your, your Patriots hat today. Is that an honor of uh, of Bill? It is. Yeah, I'm you know, I knew it was coming at some point and mm. I will never have anything but you know, incredibly fond memories of that 20 year run with him and Brady and everything. It's for a kid who grew up hoping this team would maybe go 500 most years when I was a kid, that run was, I never ever could have expected it, but I'm a little sad today. Cause it just like, that's it. It's over. Right. Like End that's of an era. The last piece. Yeah. Connected to that run. And now it's a, it's a full reset. So it's a, it's a little sad, Um, but you know, we, we, we soldier on and we've got a lot of NBA to get into, but yes, I yes, appreciate you recognizing that. So I appreciated mm -hmm. the, uh, the, the, the notes we got back from yesterday's show too, from a lot of people, a lot of people yeah. were very level-headed about, you know, we got in that big discussion about officiating and all that, that may stuff. have been our we, most commented show. Yeah. We had like yeah, 150 comments on sure. the last time I looked. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, what was cool too, was there wasn't a lot of like, you morons, like you know, which is good because there's, <laughs> there's some usually of some of that. <laughs> yeah, it, that, that's you know, if we get through one without any of that, then that probably means no one watched. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, no man, I'm I'm excited. We get so much going on, and in a rarity for us recording, there's a game on right now about to tip off because uh, we get the Paris game happening between that's right. Cleveland and Brooklyn. So, that, that, so I might uh, occasionally be looking over here to my right. Uh, to check the TV, so get a little. You'll get a little distracted, but that's all right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um. So Jake Fisher today for for Yahoo. And by the way, I guess before I get into into all of this, uh, this time here, this is why you need to subscribe to the channel. If you're not a subscriber yep. yet, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're gonna break that because today has been nuts with news. We're gonna cut through it all. We're gonna break down everything that you need to know. So again, hit that subscribe button. Turn on those notifications. The trade deadline, it's coming. We're gonna make sure. That you're up to date on everything that you need to know. Uh, Jake Fisher dropped a big piece today for Yahoo. And I guess let's start. The, the main crux of the piece is that 
DeJounte Murray may wind up being the biggest name that gets moved at the trade deadline. On the one hand, that sounds anticlimactic. But on the other hand, he mentions like five to 10 teams that are all in the mix to potentially get <laughs> yeah. DeJounte Murray. So there's a lot of activity going on here uh, around him. So, I mean, I guess let's start here. Let's start with the ones that like, the, the ridiculous, the Pistons are mentioned as a team that could be in. Well, no, wait, Pistons was Pascal Siakam. Um, I think the Pistons might have been for Mari too. They, they yeah, probably they are at this point, only because yeah, they right, shouldn't right, Let be. me just run through them. It's Lakers, <laughs> Knicks, Sixers, Heat, and Pistons. Okay. Mari. <laughs> so, so, yeah. What I mean, Roughly. the Pistons, why the Pistons? My only guess is there's a sense with Detroit, that they are not going to just sell off their veterans and move forward with the kids that they want to add players who are under contract long-term that they feel like fit with the guys that they have. And they want to start to push this thing forward. They're being realistic of, they know there's no saving this season. Like that's not happening, but I think they really want to go into next season with, all right, we've got some guys. And I think their goal is, rather than just sit around and wait for free agency and just let the rest of the season be what it is, let's do a little bit of pre-agency. Let's spend some of our cap space for next year right now. Let's get some of these guys in there, and then let's really start to see what it looks like. And let's use DeJounte Murray because that's who we're talking about. You could get him in there with Cade Cunningham and get a 35-ish game look at the two of them together. Why not? Right, Get a sense and then see – all right, well, maybe what we need around them is a shooting big or whatever maybe you think you need. So I think that's what their ultimate goal is here. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that, but most teams in the Pistons situation would be, hey, let's sell off the veterans and let's move forward sure. there. But, but yeah. okay, um, the Lakers. The We're rumor just there in was like that year 10, right, of rebuilding for the Pistons. So that's, the, and, and that I gets think tired. the patience has run out, right? Like it's, yes. it's we can't keep, keep doing this. It's... It's probably not going to work, if we be honest. Anytime teams shortcut a rebuild, it rarely ever works unless, you, unless you're Oklahoma City and you land a star in Shea Gilgis-Alexander in one of your trades. As you sell off your veterans and start rebuilding, it rarely ever works that you can mm -hmm. shortcut it and go a different way. And OKC didn't even really shortcut it. They just happened to land him, and then they draft and develop really well, so they built it all up that way. But yes, so moving on to better destinations for DeJounte Murray well, places he'd probably really rather be too. <laughs> so the Lakers have been mentioned as a potential landing spot. Um, I said when Chris Haynes mentioned that the D Lakers deal would have to start with Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves, and that's probably not enough to really get them in the discussion. I went, Oh, well then the Lakers are out. Cause I don't know that they should put Austin Reeves in the deal period. Um, but now on Jake Fisher's piece, it's saying that there is a path to a deal with the Lakers and the Hawks to get this done. Sources are telling him, uh, are telling him that there is a path to making this happen. It just would require the Hawks to add something of the Lakers liking to the to their side of it in order to get the Lakers to include Austin Reeves in the deal. Now, obviously, we're talking about a much much bigger trade, uh, and we could speculate about what could be coming back from the Hawks side. But that, to me, the the bit that stuck out as much as we can we can sort through the different pieces that you could add to either side. It's that there is a legitimate path here to get something done. I had been operating largely under the idea that, well, if there's a bidding war and it's going to require Austin Reeves, it's probably going to be tough for the Lakers to get something done. So interesting that uh, that the news is that, yeah, there's there's a path to make this happen. And what would be interesting if you're Atlanta is that would be, let's say they throw in a pick or there's mm -hmm. another player, not 
Jalen Johnson, presumably. Sure. But let's say the Lakers are like, you know, we if we're going to do this, we need Sadiq Bay because he can replace some of what Hachimura gave us. I'm just throwing that out there. Just throwing then, a name out, sure. <clears throat> yeah, then that signals a little bit from Atlanta's side of, hey, we're not blowing it up and starting over. We're just resetting. We're, we're going to reset mm-hmm. with a different group of guys around Trey Young, and that's how we're going to move it forward. So I, I I get it. Like, I can see that being a thing. I think if I'm Atlanta, I'd be very cautious about trading first-round picks. Like, that would be sure. a little worrisome considering you already did that for Mari. I know they've got an extra Kings pick in there. Maybe maybe that would be enough. I, I don't know. That's probably projected to be a, a mid first round to twenties pick in that range. So I I don't know that the Lakers are going to be all over that, but if you're Mm -hmm. the Lakers, if you're looking at it as, all right, we really, we got to have DeJounte Murray, right? If they're saying that's what we got to do, they got to have Reeves. All right. You sweeten the pot with that pick. And then we still have D'Angelo Russell. And now we've got a pick. We could throw an additional pick. We could throw Mm -hmm. him with him into a trade to go get something else to replace. Maybe what we lost with Reeves, maybe what we lose with Hachimura or something like that. So that's where I love the way you phrased it. There's a path. That's where you can start to, okay, it kind of makes sense. Even if the initial pieces and names, it's kind of like, really, that's what's going to happen. That's where you can start to get to that path. Right, exactly. And then and then you noted D'Angelo Russell. There was also news on him that uh that there isn't a lot of trade interest in his $17 million contract. And I I mentioned this over on Lakers Nation a few moments ago, that a lot of that is probably because that player option is a big piece of that where yeah. teams figure, hey, if we trade for him and he and he doesn't go into a slump and he's great for the rest of the year, he's gonna opt out and then we're either gonna have to pay him or we lose him, or he doesn't play well and then because it's it's hot or cold with D'Angelo Russell, he doesn't play well, and then we've got him under contract for the next year. And maybe we don't want him on that deal if he's not playing well anyway. So I can, I get why there would be some hesitation. In addition to all the stuff that comes with you know D'Angelo Russell, he's very polarizing as a player. Um, so that was out there too that there's not a lot of trade interest. So when you mentioned that first round pick maybe coming in, and then you attach that to D'Lo, maybe that's something that you need to do if you're the Lakers as well. These things could all be connected. Yeah, I think from the Lakers side, you're starting. He is not a what I like to call like a dead contract, where it's like like the guy cannot play um, right. at all. So you're just you're it's only strictly salary matching. But if you're the Lakers, you have to start to kind of think about him that way a little bit, especially right now at the deadline. That'll flip in the summertime if he mm-hmm. opts in when that becomes an expiring deal. That's a whole different story. But right now, you have to start to think of it as. All right, that's $17 million in salary matching. That's what it is. Because at this point where he's at, no one is jumping all over themselves to, I got to trade for D'Angelo Russell, as you said. I had somebody tell me when they were in town last month for the showcase, their, their simple evaluation was that Lakers team most nights is dying for offense, mm-hmm. and he's not even getting regular minutes and a real chance to, to be the guy for a team that needs, in theory, theoretically the guy. what he can bring and it's just they're, they're they're not going that way so so yeah i think if you're the lakers that's what you're kind of looking at it as is there it's starting to feel like two things with this one it's starting to feel like dejounte murray's getting moved in the next yes. few weeks yep. right i think we're there i think the hawks are that's our path to making the biggest kind of changes around our guys that we can make because they, they're just not going to trade Trey Young this year. That's not going to happen. So then I think the other pieces starting to feel like maybe I, I don't want to ever say Austin Reeves was untouchable 
because you know my feelings on that. There's like mm-hmm. less than 10 truly untouchable yes. players in the entire right. NBA. But I think um I think it's starting to feel like he's maybe the Lakers are coming to a realization of if we want to do something big, it may may have to involve Austin Reeves getting traded. Right. It just may be the only real pathway to doing it because he's of the guys they will trade, he's got the most trade value, I think, by far and away. He's the guy everyone will ask for. Every yeah. team, every team, the first thing they're going to say is, "Will you give us Reeves?" Like that's because yeah. they know they're not going to ask for LeBron. They're not going to ask for AD. They're going to ask for Austin Reeves. Um, yeah. The the Knicks are interesting to me. I kind of feel like are, are they aiming too high here? If the goal is, as Jake Fisher mentioned in his piece, that the goal is for depth behind Jalen Brunson at the guard position, are you aiming too high with Dejounte Murray, or is does what this do? Do you do you go with the Hawks model of a DeJounte Murray and another ball dominant point guard in, in the backcourt together, which didn't work out great for the Hawks, but maybe Jalen Brunson and, and DeJounte Murray works, and then that shifts like Dante DiVincenzo into a, a backup role? Is that the way you look at this? Or do you think the Knicks should be aiming a bit lower in their guard targets in terms of the the cost it would co- it would require to acquire a player like that? Yeah, it's that last part for me, and I apologize. They're cutting the lawn right now, so I'm no sure worries. everyone can hear that. But it's um, yeah, for me, it it is that second part there. It's the what it's going to cost to acquire him to be like your fifth best starter and a guy who's playing off the ball a lot because it's not just Jalen Brunson. Julius Randle has the ball a lot in New York too. Yes, so I don't, I don't know, I don't get it. Like Dejounte Murray, he's one of those guys when you look at him and you're like. All right, DeJounte Mars got pretty good size. He's, you know, pretty quick. He's good probably stats. a pretty good defender. But then you watch and you're like, eh, it, it's not that he's a bad defender. He's just, he's not a lockdown defensive guy. He's right. not good off ball. So, yeah, pairing him with Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, it's just not a direction I would go. You're putting a lot on OG and Anobi to make every shot he takes because he's going to have to be the one that opens the floor. So, to your question, yeah, go 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 a little lower. You don't you can add point guard depth at the trade deadline a million different ways that doesn't involve trading for a guy who makes major, major money. I just wouldn't do that if I'm the Knicks. I would save those assets and trade pieces from picks and contracts mm-hmm. and valuable players to do something bigger. Just do do something bigger than than DeJounte Murray. I just don't love that fit. Uh, the Nets also mentioned, but according to Jake Fisher, despite the fact that they've been connected to to Murray, the Nets, and this is directly from Fisher's piece, the Nets don't appear to be actively pursuing Murray at this juncture, and Brooklyn and Atlanta haven't shared significant dialogue at this point. So even though they are a team that gets mentioned, uh, apparently they are not like actively engaged. There. Although, as we know, we, we say this all the time, it takes one phone call to change that, that dynamic in the NBA. Um, the Miami Heat... Another suitor to keep an eye on. Again, once again, there hasn't been anything substantive, but we know anytime a player of any kind of significant caliber pops up, the Miami Heat are going to be interested uh, in acquiring that player. We know they went after Damian Lillard, weren't able to get him. Could they be the landing spot for, for DeJounte Murray? Yeah, I mean, and that one makes a little more sense, right? Their only real point guard right now on the roster is Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry is old. He's at the end of his contract. Presumably, he would need to be involved. 
in this trade, whether that would be straight up or you work a three-team deal where Lowry goes somewhere else, or Lowry just goes there, gets bought out, and joins another team later, that could be a thing as well. So I think what we're really kind of looking at here is this is a situation with uh, Murray where that one makes a lot of sense because you can give him the ball. They need one more creator alongside Hero and alongside Butler. He will he I, I no, I just said he's not like the greatest defender. He doesn't he doesn't live up to what he looks like he could be, but he's still a pretty good defensive player. And the so Heat would get the most out of his defensive abilities. Exactly. Yeah. You know they would really have him playing at the best levels he's ever played at. And then yeah, they need a long-term answer at point guard. So that one makes a lot more sense to me. And and you're right in what you said. Miami, I say it all the time, they're Lakers East, where it's good player comes on the market, there's just going to be a lot of connecting the dots to to that player just because people are like, well, they're in on everybody. So yeah. it, it, to some extent, it's true, right? Because because they've done it multiple times. Because they are. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Just that, That's what history tells us, that they're going to be interested. It does make sense for them as a, as a potential target. Um, and I could see them them making something work. I mean, we know the Miami Heat get aggressive when it comes to trying to make these deals work and, and see if they can get something done. And he, like, in terms of where would, like, if we were looking at this from a fantasy basketball perspective, if I had DeJounte Murray on my roster and I know he's getting traded somewhere, I think Miami would be my preferred spot because that's where I know he's going to get the ball a ton and he's going to be able to produce at a, at a high level still. Yep, and I'm going to warn everybody right now, we are about to have the perfect storm of noise here because they are cutting the grass. The dog groomer just showed up to take the dogs to be groomed, so that's going to be noisy, and the Amazon truck is outside. So, yeah, good times here at the Smith House. All things happening uh, around the NBA and in the the Smith household at the same time. Um, One more thing here, the the Philadelphia 76ers have been – uh, on the market looking for point guards. Uh, Tyus Jones is not a target to keep in mind, but uh, but they could, the Sixers could be a team that jumps in if the Hawks uh, are, are kind of waiting till closer to the deadline. Maybe the Sixers jump in right now. Also mentioned that the Sixers aren't in any rush to burn the pieces that they got in the Harden trade. They're not like rushing into any kind of a deal. And there, there is little belief that the Sixers will pursue either Pascal Siakam or Zach Levine before the trade deadline. So I know they've been connected to both those players. Sounds like despite the reputation that Daryl Morey has for being kind of the big game hunter, the guy that's always in the mix for everything, the the Sixers are kind of saying, whoa, 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 let's pump the brakes here. We've got something good right now. We're not going to do something crazy. We're going to be patient, and we'll see what comes our way before February 8th. Yeah, either Maury is playing the best uh, poker game in the world on Siakam Levine, or he's really not interested in I think Siakam's not a great fit there. That that becomes a little bit of a weird fit with him and Joel Embiid yeah. and Tobias Harris as long as he was still around there. That just gets a little messy. Um, and then Levine, I, I just don't love that fit for them. I don't think it would be terrible, but I, I got to believe Daryl Morey's probably looking at him saying, I, I can do something better. I can go bigger uh, with, with the players, the draft picks, the cap space. Like I, I can do something bigger. I will say, though, I continue to believe – Philly's best path may not mean waiting to free agency. We already saw Kawhi Leonard came off the board. Paul George mm-hmm. probably going to come off the board. Do uh, your shopping now. 
yeah, right. So go get it done now if there's something you can get done. It's not saying you have to, but because you can use cap space and trades and we get all that stuff. It just may be a little easier to make a deal now using some of those players you have. And they they, they also don't have any of the restrictions on them right now. They're not sitting, you know, in a bad spot, um, you know, uh, built up cap wise or anything. The other dog's losing his mind because the one is now gone. So he's like, what happened? Um, but Where's yeah, it, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. And we've got people outside. So he's, he's, uh, he, his little brain is broken here, but yeah. So, <laughs> but back to basketball, it's, I, I just, I'm not sold Phillies like out on doing anything yeah. at, at the trade deadline. They, they're going to do something. It. It's yeah. It's Daryl Morey. Like he, he's not going to let a trade deadline go by where they'll just be like, well, oh, well, that that passed, and uh, well, we did nothing, and may, maybe we'll sign you know Joe Blow in a buyout or something. He can't help himself. It's like it's like right. me on Black Friday. I'm like, I don't need <laughs> anything. Wait, that's on sale for how much? Buy yeah. right. That's yeah. that's Daryl Morey. Um, See, I was gonna I was gonna say it's like my wife at IKEA. It's like, oh. oh, that's cute. Let's pick that up. That where are we gonna put it? I don't know. I'll find a place for it. It's like, like, <laughs> oh, okay. Like there it is. Like Daryl Morey's just, you know, he's just doing a little shopper. And I, I like to say he tinkers, right? He tinkers with it with the roster. So we're gonna that's that's how you wind up with like the 76ers land Clint Capella or something like that. And you're like, what are you gonna do with him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll well, figure it out. I do. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Put him over here in the corner. <laughs> Speaking of um, Sixers, we should do this while we're on the Sixers topic. Yeah. Dwell Embiid has been out with some some uh, knee swelling. Uh, Ramona Shelburne said on the Woj pod that this is probably something where he should be out four to six weeks, but doesn't mm. sound like that's where it's going. He wants to play. He wants to be on the floor. Uh, she did later clarify in a tweet that this is not apparently the same thing as has hampered him in last year's playoffs. It sounds like it is something different from, from that injury, but we're kind of here again with Joel Embiid. We're in the middle of the season. He's already having some knee issues. And, and if I'm Philly, I know he's probably conscious of the game's missed limit and all that stuff. And am I not going to be able to sure. get postseason awards and all those kind of things. But if I'm Philly, I gotta be like, man, I gotta think bigger. Like we, we, we could be in the title you know, picture if, you know, if things kind of go the right way for us. And the only way you're in the title picture is with a healthy Embiid dominating in the playoffs. So I got to start to think like, uh, what are we going to do here? If, if this doesn't necessarily work um, out, like I would think about putting him on the shelf, even if it means he misses out on awards and the like. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Um, that's something that, uh, that if you're the 76ers, you have to, you, I mean, you have to figure out, uh some way to make sure that the awards are not the are not the goal here uh, that's that's yeah. the way it's got to be that's the way it's got to be too um he's already like he's not one of these guys like towns or booker who's waiting on a um like to to qualify like they had been in years past mm -hmm. he's already on his contract so his contract's already done so it's not it's not like if he doesn't make all NBA, he misses out on money or anything like that. Like his contract's already locked in and complete um, with that. So that's the the thing. It, it's truly about like historical legacy. And he did talk about like those things mean a lot to him. And like that's he wants to you know build a legacy of you know himself as a player in the NBA. So I get it from his standpoint there. But this sometimes becomes one of those things where you got to protect the player from themselves. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, um, let's get over to... Oh, by the way, real quick, Pascal Siakam, uh, there's still issues with with him not knowing if he's going to want to stay with a certain team. That's kind of limiting his trade market. And Zach Levine is also mentioned as a guy who still the Bulls are having trouble finding uh, a spot for him to go. So worth, worth noting on those guys. Not really a change, but just kind of uh, another bit that came out there. Uh, yeah. This was also big. The Warriors, according to Shams Tarania, are essentially putting everyone except for Steph Curry on the trade market. Obviously, they've been struggling this year, haven't played the way that they want to play. Uh, what do we think about this? The Warriors, uh, could we be in for a massive overhaul to this Warriors roster? I'm going to reply to that, but first, many, many breaking news. Don't play the drop. Okay. Uh, Darko Ryakovic fined 25K for uh, okay. his comments after the, the loss to the Lakers. So. We, okay, we knew that little, was coming. A day later. We knew it was coming. Just as a question of 25, 30, 35, where were we going to go? Yeah. All right, yeah, to this one, I guess, right? Stephen Curry, did you see him after last night's game? Did you see, like, the, the interview no. that he did? I've never seen him look more discouraged in my life, including when he was, like, going through injuries. Like, yeah. he said versions of, we're doing the same thing. That's the definition of insanity, trying the same thing and getting expecting a he different result. Um, he also said something along the lines of like, yeah, like I don't blame the fans for booing. We're not giving them anything to cheer about. Uh, so he just seemed very discouraged, very down. And I think if you're the Warriors, it's they, they're going to be starting to look and say, all right, Steph's our guy. He He's not the... MVP level Stephen Curry this year, and maybe he doesn't quite get back to that level, but he's still very, mm -hmm. very good. What do we need to do to build a winner around him over the time he has left in the NBA? And I, I wonder, I mean, we know probably Kaminga, Moody, those guys are available. I would assume Andrew Wiggins is extremely available. Chris Paul, probably pretty available. But do you get to the point where it's Draymond Green and Clay Thompson? Like, do you have conversations about those guys? Because that would signal a pretty major shift for the Warriors. Yeah, that would be that would be massive. I mean, this is, if anything, I mean, the, the Jake Fisher piece was all about how, well, there's not a lot of big names out there on the trade market. And, and you know, some of the, the big names kind of already got moved in the, in the James Harden trade and things of that nature. But if the Warriors do, like, break this up, right now um that would be i mean that would be huge that would, yeah, that would be, be yeah right i mean that would be a massive shift that we'd be seeing for that organization and that would be that we would remember this trade deadline as the year that the warriors uh, essentially ended their their dynasty run or at least tried to sustain it by making some big and probably trading some guys that they don't want to move uh the chris paul thing i mean i wonder how much his hand injury complicates things with yeah. him but if you're the Warriors, I guess you're you're kind of at the point where you have to look at everything. And I was on a show yesterday, and I was asked, you know, what should the Warriors do? Should they blow this up? Uh, and I said, most in most for most teams, I would say yes. Now is the time. Cash in your assets, trade your guys, and figure out what the next iteration of your team is going to look like. Because what you don't want to do is be left holding the bag. But with these Warriors, they've been a dynasty. They've meant so much for, to Warriors fans that. I want to give them at least one more chance to go out the way they want to go out. But with this report, I mean, maybe they don't get that opportunity. If Steph is really saying, hey, something's got to change here, I have to think Golden State's going to listen. Yeah, that changes things, right? Yeah. If yeah. he comes in and says, hey, we got to start making moves, that doesn't mean it needs to be Green and Thompson, but it 
that probably means something happens here in the next couple of weeks before the trade deadline. I would also say, too, with the Warriors, if anybody's not fully engaged, I know football season's just kind of moving into playoff realm and maybe people are really ramping up on the NBA. They are 12th in the West right now at 17 and 20. They are behind the Utah Jazz, who are 11th. They are a game and a half out of the 10 spot, which is right now Lakers and Rockets share. Mm-hmm. And then they are two games behind Phoenix and eight. So by no means are they like done, but that's not really where you want to be. And that's been going in the wrong direction a little bit here. My guess is they get Draymond back and mm-hmm. they give it about a two to two and a half to three week window. See what it looks like. And then. What do we need to do as far as trades? Do we need to trade somebody or do we need to, um, you know, move into a slightly different direction as far as like really, or not a slightly, I guess a major different direction as far as, all right, Draymond or Clay goes, or is it, hey, let's move some of the kids and try to upgrade and move forward. Yeah. Wow. So big changes could be coming to Golden State. Um, Man, Keith, I, I just, I can't help but think, you know, it was literally yesterday I had somebody asking me, why is the, why are things so slow right now? Isn't this the trade deadline coming and everything? And I, and I said, I said, it's coming. I said, don't worry, when we get closer to February 8th, it'll pick up and everything. Yes, it's been maybe a little bit slow so far, but things will pick up. And I just, man, I mean, if the Warriors wind up blowing this up, you get a DeJounte Murray trade, you get all this other stuff happening. We, we could be very busy, my friend. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, I and I think this has the potential to be one of those where it's like a two or three day thing where it's yeah. things start happening on like Tuesday and then a little more on Wednesday and then Thursday really ramps up and gets busy. As Trevor said, this is a great time to subscribe. We're going to keep you in the know on all the latest news and notes mm-hmm. and rumors and everything else. And we'll break all those down. And then trade deadline day, we will be live on trade deadline day. We'll release that a little bit later. It's a, uh, that, that, that turns into front office Friday because uh, we're usually wiped and exhausted by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Not really ready to do a full uh, uh, live show on Friday, but we'll see how that goes. So sometimes there's fall out to deal with and buyout season starts immediately and all that other stuff but yeah well we'll be live so that's a great time to join in and and uh get subscribed here to the show because we're, we're we're gonna have a lot happening over the next month absolutely absolutely all right um speaking of we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. 
When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Being wiped out. The NBA is going to go to a two-day draft. Now, it's not approved by the Players Association yet as of this recording, but sounds like this is the way it's going. Round one will be the first day. Round two will be the second day, and that's how it's going to run this year. Keith, I know you put out there on, on X, you said that you don't really like it. I kind of do like it. So, so why okay. do you not like this idea? I don't – I like it in theory if it goes the way like I want it to go, which uh-huh. is we lengthen the time between picks – we could actually get some analysis on these picks or if there's a trade, we can really break it down because we're mm-hmm. not pick, 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 pick. And then in the second round, pick, 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 pick. Like I would rather see it. Let's lengthen it out then if we're going to do it this way. My fear is this is like, hey, we can get two two hour programming windows in. It's still going to be exactly what it was. And it's just now we had we filled two programming slots at the end of June and we zip right through still that I don't want to see. Cause that doesn't benefit anybody. Right. That's not good. I'd rather than let's just do it in the same night. There are things that could happen that get crazy, right? Sometimes in the NFL draft, the pause in between rounds and days turns into, all right, that didn't go quite the way we thought we got to make moves starting here. Yep. The, NF- the NBA second round isn't really like that. Like it's, the for the top half of the second round is all right. These guys can probably make our our roster. The back half is maybe a two way guy, draft and stash type prospect, those kind of things. So that part has me a little concerned. Of all right, what are we? Why are we breaking this off? I do like the idea of we're not going to have to be up until like two thirty in the morning on the East yes. Coast, like filtering through and trying to you know the wreckage of cap sheets and everything else and what actually happened here um but yeah for the most part i'm i I was fine with it the way it was so the reason why the number one reason why i'm okay with it is a totally selfish one (laughs) And and that's because of what you said by the end of our live nba draft show I am exhausted. I spend the last hour of that show like barely talking because at that point we're on like hour five or something like that. Um, that is, yeah, that that is always a, a long, long night. So I like it in that sense that that I can I can be a little bit more energized for the second round because, well, I've had time to actually rest <laughs> and sleep. Um, but beyond that, I also think it's a good reset for NBA teams after the end of the first round. There's more time to kind of process what's happened so far and then make your adjustments particularly on the trade front it gives you a little bit more time to discuss things to figure out what it is that you want to do maybe to pivot to shift some strategies rather than once you get into the second round it's a couple of minutes every single pick now this gives you a little bit of time beforehand to say hey this is the the second round pick we're going to try to get to even if there's not even if that two minutes doesn't increase to say three minutes or four minutes or whatever it still gives you that added window between the end of the first and the second to pivot, make those additional moves. We know NBA teams use second-round picks like currency. And so to me, it means that maybe the second round still isn't the most exciting thing in the world because a lot of these guys are more kind of, you know, it's just kind of you're taking a flyer on somebody. But it provides teams that much more time to make deals, which means we could see them even more trade-heavy uh, day two, uh, which is could be a good thing in my opinion too. So those are the reasons why I'm 
I'm for it. I, I think that this is something that could work out pretty well for the NBA. If I think you're right, though, if this is just a, hey, this is extra opportunity for us, for us to put in commercials, and here's a couple of slots filled in the programming schedule, that's where, okay, it, it probably doesn't make the most sense. But even if that is the case, that still checks the box of me not doing a five-hour straight broadcast and you as well. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I love to hear myself talk as anybody watches this knows. So I'm like, let's go. Let's go all night. Like, I, there's been times where I think Sean and I are like, do we just want to stay and finish it out? And you're like, absolutely not. No. I'm like, no, like I'm done. Like, I want to go to I, bed. Um, <laughs> I do the play-by-play for the Lakers games, right? I do the yep. play-by-play. So that's two and a half hours. And then I go straight into our post-game show. And that's another hour. So that's like three and a half. That's like. That's like my cap. I hit that and I'm just, I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. If anybody wants to see, I mean, go back and watch like Trevor's hanging in there for like the Lakers second round pick. And then he's like, I'm done. See you later. Um, you guys talk I about can't. Whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, with you. I, we get into the thick of the second round and I'm like, you guys could be making up names right now. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're going to do it to you at some point. Um, I, so a couple things. One, if there's more time devoted, like I said, to analysis, I like the idea too of being able to, Pause and really, all right, what went down tonight? And really get into it. I like the idea too of a team saying, maybe in the second round, like, hey, we really wanted this guy at 25 and we just didn't have time during night one to make it happen. Let's make a deal now and figure it out to, to move that player or something. Mm-hmm. It's, the long held belief is from, and it's everybody in the league will say, if draft ends and you could start the draft over and it would go very, very differently. The, the oh, next yeah. time around, because everybody net part of it is, all right, now we have Intel on, Oh, you told everybody you were out on that guy. Cause he didn't have a, you know, he wasn't tall enough. He didn't have a long enough wingspan or whatever. You didn't and like then his they hair. Draft him anyway. Right. Yeah. And you know, and those are the things where it gets a little crazy. So I'm open to that. I hope the second round, let's not have Nikola Jokic get drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. Like let's like (laughs) really try to give these guys a little bit more shine, you know, as a, uh, Nikias Duncan put it to been like a chat wherein he said, I don't want them to speed run the second round like they do today. And that's totally fair. Like I, if, if we do this the right way, it is a chance to be awesome. I mean, let's face it. I'm going to be there both days, like watching no matter what. So that part doesn't really matter. It's just, it, I, I don't know. And part of this is also, I kind of like it the way it is. Cause there's a little bit of a, Hey, if you're here at the end of the second round, like you're, you're hardcore and you're, you're here, like you're my people, like let's hang oh. out, let's be buddies. So there's a little bit of like that. Accomplishment. Too with me. So, it, it's but, like, you're, you're at the top of Everest there and, and, and you're, you know, was, counting yourself like, among the few. Yeah. It was like when free agency opened at midnight Eastern, it was like, all right, who are mm. the real sickos that are yeah. here with me too? Like, who who's up at two right. thirty in the morning East Coast time? Like, oh. you know, but it it, 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 it never days. shocks to remind me how many people there are like that. Like the Kevin Durant trade last year when mm-hmm. we went live after yeah, like that two at in like the two in the morning, and yep. we had like thousands of people watching live, and it's like, all right, they, there's a lot of maniacs out there that are you know love this sport as much as we do. So, you know, that part of it's cool, but I I'm, I'm going to say this, I'm not killing this. I'm not completely sure. out on this. I'm, I'm open-minded. If they do it the right way, I think it could be really good. So I'm, I'm open to it. I am running a poll over on uh, X right now. If anybody wants to check that out and vote in it, just cause I was curious to see, you know, cause I, one idea I saw some people throw out is why not do the lottery night one 
really turn that into like a big thing and then do mm-hmm. the rest of the first round and the second round on night two. And that's an option maybe that they do. We know with the NBA, they'll, they'll try it. If it doesn't really work the way they want, they'll try something different, they'll try something different. And then maybe eventually they'll go back to, to the way it always was. That's what they did with the uh, all-star game. Yeah, that's right. For now, who knows what the All-Star game is going to be in a couple of years. Exactly. <laughs> it is constantly right. shifting that. Yeah. Okay, we've got some other things we need we need to get into. Um, bad, More bad news for Memphis. Marcus Smart now out six weeks. I, I mean, I, I'm i not going to even try to pronounce what the injury is. He hurt his finger very badly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I showed the funny it to, thing, I, though, so Marcus Smart, he took a shot after he heard it and he made it. <laughs> so Go like, figure. That's the, the most Marcus Smart thing. So he's now out six weeks. John Morant is done for the season. Uh, they've gone ahead and waived Bismack Biombo. They went, yeah. did that yesterday. Um, Converted Vince Williams Jr., which was a really big move for them. He's been playing, started a lot of games for the Grizzlies this year. Good two-way player. Was just they were they were going to have to figure that out, and, and they and he ended up winning a four-year deal. So good stuff. Right. Yeah, Biombo's now gone. So uh, I, in my mind, the Grizzlies are, are essentially they're the white flag is is waived here on on the season like and that's not necessarily that's not what they want to do but they now have to focus on the future you're missing both smart and morant you already were going to be up against it and hard pressed to get yourself back into the mix after missing john morant for the first 25 games of the season now you might as well just take the silver lining and say okay we're going to get a pretty good draft pick out of this and let's work on developing guys for the future um I, there was a little bit of buzz. Like once John Morant went down, there was a, hmm, could they move Marcus Smart at the trade deadline? This injury probably puts a stop to that as well, though. Yeah. Yeah, just because so. of the severity of it. Like that's yeah. the problem, right? He's a ball handler. He's a guy who's going to have the ball a lot for any decent team, and that's not probably an injury that you want to be dealing with because you're not going to know because it's six weeks that they said yeah. before he's reevaluated. So that's well after the trade deadline. So now we're in a spot where you won't know before then, if he can get back and play, I'm with you. I don't know that you have to go full tank mode and like Desmond Bain is shut down for the year today, right, yeah. but I think it's more of, Oh, you're feeling a little something or you're not playing. Uh, oh, it's a back to back in a fourth and uh, third game in four nights you're not playing tonight with him and Jaron Jackson Jr. And, you know, most of the other guys, they, they kind of are young enough. I think you can get a look at them. So, yeah, and I think you, if you make a trade or two and open a roster spot, you cycle a few guys through, see if somebody pops, and then you've got your draft. You're going to have a good draft pick coming in. It was kind of unexpected. And then you start next year with Morant, Bain, Jackson, Adams, Clark, maybe Smart, still there. Now a good good draft pick that's now all of a sudden it's like, all right, we'll take our hits for the rest of this year. If that's what we get to reset with, cause yeah. that's pretty good. It's kind of a quasi spurs, you know, yeah. David Robinson gets injured and, and that, and suddenly you get Tim Duncan and then you're off and running your backup again, real quick. Um, that's, that's the ideal scenario is that you hit on a draft pick or maybe you trade the draft pick, you add in whatever the final piece is. And you're right back, you know, at the top of yep. the Western Conference the next year. Yeah, because that's the other thing too. That's going to be a nice draft pick to dangle and trade. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to go go that direction. So yeah, I'm with you though. They are, let's see, uh, they're now 13th in the West. They are four and a half games behind the Rockets. So that's that's a lot. But I will say they've won three in a row. 
So they just, you know, maybe, maybe that's figure. what it, maybe they just needed to just keep removing guys, keep removing guys. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get down to six or seven dudes and that's it. These are the guys we needed. So it'll be the, uh, it'll be the J- Jake LaRavia will take over and that will, <laughs> yeah, that's and, that, and that'll, and that'll do it. Um, <laughs> Big body Roddy. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's go to this. Uh, Kawhi Leonard expects Paul George and James Harden to stay with the Clippers. Uh, how is that going to happen? And I know Keith, you you haven't even told me this yet. We before we <laughs> came on the air, you said that you have added info or additional info on the Kawhi Leonard extension that I know was so perturbing yesterday. What do you know? Yeah, so basically, what it is is he's going to make about fifty two point three million next year if the cap goes up enough to allow that. So that is what they've done is they've written this extension of price in the cap going up like the maximum 10%. What will happen is if that's above his max, that'll get forced down to whatever his max number is. So that'll get forced down to about 49.7. That's the projected year two, 50 million year three is 50.3 million. So it was initially reported as flat 50 each, each of the two years. That's what I had heard from folks, but now that it's all been done and it's out there uh, 50 and 50.3. So no major, major changes in there, but that's why if anybody's looking on spot track and it's like, I thought it was 152.4 million. Why does this not reflect that? That's why, because it's the, these, the number we use, the real projection for next year, which came from the league directly. We will change it when the league changes it or when it gets finalized. So that's just a little bit there. Paul George, everybody now expects probably within the next week or so, he'll probably get his extension finalized. Probably also be a three-year deal like Kawhi Leonard. They'll keep the two of them tied together. Probably Mm going to end up being very similar money. And what's important there is that's a little bit less than exactly every penny Kawhi could have gotten in an extension with the Clippers. And maybe that is enough to help them once they re-sign George and Harden to maybe there's a world where they can dip under that second apron and free things up considerably to make moves and make changes or at least free them up temporarily where then maybe they go back over the second apron later. Um, it's yeah. going to be you know interesting to watch it all play out over the next really six-ish months because that's when we'll know what's going on with Harden. But I think it's very clear the success they've had together, and they've been very good for, what, a month and a half now um, mm-hmm. as a group. It This says to me we're at a spot where these guys are going to make this work, and they're, they're going to stick together, so there's no reason to believe anything will get broken up in L.A. In the rest of this year, maybe they do say, hey, let's go add one more guy. Let's add to this bill because we're kind of last-chance saloon here if we want to go big or go home and do matching salary and take on money and all that stuff. So lots still to be written with the Clippers, but just, just a little bit of news there on Kawhi and the rest of the guys. You notice there is a name missing there. Did not mention Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Well, he's got that a player Pelham? option next year. I, I, I think he's just back. For He just picks you know, up the player option. And... Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. he's settled into – Plays 15, 20 minutes a night. He's actually playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like he did last year with the Lakers, right? Eventually he transitioned into that bench role and was like, this actually isn't too bad for him. And I think if you're Ross, you start to look at it as, all right, I can probably extend my year or career two, three more years if I want to, if this is the role I'm open to playing. So we'll see. I mean, then there's always the option, you know, maybe things go sideways in the postseason and yeah. he doesn't want to do that anymore. Who knows? All right. Well, Keith, somehow, some way, we've made it 
I know there is other stuff out there, but we'll, yeah. we'll save some of that for tomorrow. Crazy, crazy times. Again, make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office Show. Follow us over on Apple Podcasts as well. Not just the YouTube channel, but Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast, because we've got a lot, a lot of stuff going on right now in the NBA world. And we're going to be here every day breaking it down for you. In fact, today is, for a moment, I literally forgot what day it was there. I had to check. It is Thursday, which means tomorrow we're going to be live for Front Office (laughs) Friday. You threw me off with your tweet today where you were like, Yo, hey, make sure you're tuning in because there's a lot going on in the NBA. Make sure you subscribe. And I was like, oh, no, it's today, Friday. Am I? Did I lose a day somewhere? <laughs> I, was, like, I, got I was just a general, like, hey, make sure you subscribe. Hey, but I appreciate it, man. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, it's that's, that's the time of year we're at. We're at, you lose track of what day it is at this point yep. in the NBA, in the NBA season. Yep. All hey, right. For everybody. anybody who is uh, oh, yeah. watching the, uh, uh, Cavs, Nets go, going on. It's been, fun back and forth game right now uh Cavs are up 14 so you know a little mm-hmm. little afternoon hoops is always uh welcome around here all right always a good thing i think i'm gonna have to put that on while i'm editing this show all right everybody thank you for joining us till next time see ya and stay safe